WCUT after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. <laughs> he is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Fula. Welcome back to 88.3 WGTs. After further review, got that new beat for you for the new year with the same old faces with myself and David the Man of God Harris here talking sports talk Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on the terrestrial dial. But we always listen to us on our podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. So you can listen to us in your pocket. Just go to WGTs after further review with a picture of Frank Baster and the horse's head. You like this beat, David? Yeah, gotta gotta get a new vibe for the new year. Yeah, that's right. I'm liking it. Gotta switch it up, 2020. Yeah, we we pretty much this is the first time I think this year that uh, we're actually broadcasting, giving you new podcasts for the new year. We did look at the I think the college football playoff, but that might have been right after December, the first weekend of the year. But now, finally, a recorded show. No Frank this week possibly uh he's, he's been just getting busy i thought he was gonna have a uh, he thought we we're gonna have a show on this saturday but i have a basketball game that we are we're playing against a rival so we had to do a recording but anyway that david the man got here is here on the phone lines and we're gonna talk a little bit about the super bowl but first the championship games of the afc and the nfc go ahead david all right, so we're gonna it's kind of like a one year's losers but not really but we're gonna look at each game so sorry Start off with the more important of the two games, the one in the AFC. And I say important because a lot of people were thinking that Tennessee would continue this magical dream run. You take out Baltimore, you take out New England, everyone's like, oh, you can take out Kansas City. They actually have their weakness that is your strength, which is a weak run defense. But as we saw, it doesn't matter if you can run the ball effectively. If you need to keep up in terms of an offense against Kansas City, you're going to need to be able to throw the ball. And we'll talk about it a little bit with the Super Bowl preview, but Kansas City is basically going to approach the Tennessee or the Super Bowl with San Francisco the same way that they did the Tennessee game. It's like, yeah, you can run. You can run for, you know, 250, 270 yards. But if your quarterback can't throw the football, or your offensive coordinators are scared to put the ball in your quarterback's hands, then what point is going out there trying to make a dent into the defense? I think what we saw is that Tennessee, similar to in the Baltimore game, you got up early, and then they thought, you know, okay, we have a little bit of cruise control. We can kind of dictate the offense. And even they attempted some long drive. But at the same time, there were some drives that ended early. The defense for Kansas City stepped up. And then I think, for me, the biggest thing is, if you have to, anytime you get a field goal against the Chiefs, that's probably going to hurt you in the long run. Because we know the Chiefs can take two plays and go 70, 80 yards because they have the fastest wide receivers in the league. We know that that offense is so prolific that 
if they did any break, if they did any kind of momentum, they're off to the races. And I think one of the things that I appreciate from Kansas City is that when they had that momentum, they just kept trying to go for the jugular in a way that Tennessee probably could have done early just to kind of give himself a little bit of cushion. But I think at the same time, you this is what this Chiefs offense has been about all year. You can, even when we saw with the Houston game, you can spot them 24 points. And then they'll just, eh, we'll just throw 50 out there just, you know, just for the heck of it. So I think you have to give credit where credit is due to the Chiefs offense. Everyone kind of, well, and mainly everyone blaming Andy Reid. Like, oh, can Andy Reid finally get to the Super Bowl again? He hasn't done this since, you know, Donovan McNabb and this Eagles. Like, this, this team was dangerous. And they've showed it all year. They had a little couple slip-ups, but, I mean, one of them, Matt Moore, was the quarterback while Patrick Mahomes was injured. But even still, this team is going to be tough to beat, and it doesn't matter what kind of defense or how great that defense is. We know Patrick Mahomes can throw for 200 yards with his left hand, you know, behind his back. So it's going to be interesting to see just how this Chiefs offense looks at the Super Bowl, because I'm not worried about their defense because, you know, they're going up against Jimmy Garoppolo. Wait a minute. I mean, why is that? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is still a pretty good quarterback. I mean, right now, for the, for what the scheme right now is the running game, but I wouldn't still count him out. And, I mean, this is his first full season of starting a lot of NFL games. Actually, full first season starting the whole season, obviously. He's had injury issues, and he was the backup back in New England. But he's still he, he's still a pretty good quarterback. Uh, I, I just don't know if a pretty granted and kind of now we're switching over to the NFC I don't know if a pretty good quarterback can win you a Super Bowl I know kind of Eli Manning re- like just retired this week and like he's the epitome of pretty good kind of middle of the pack but I kind of compared this 49ers team to the 2001 Ravens where Jimmy Garoppolo is basically turned bill for you have to take the ball out of his hands because he is prone to screwing things up. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, why we've seen in that conference championship game, he threw eight passes. Like, there's a reason why you scheme the running game the entire game. Well, I would say like, Jimmy Garoppolo is a better than, uh, yeah. what's his face, the Ravens quarterback back then. Trent um, Dilfer. Trent Dilfer. <laughs> I think he let's give him a little more credit than that. He is better than Trent Dilfer, and I, I don't. You're basically making it seem like he's a game managing quarterback. And if you remember with your Steelers, uh, Ben Roethlisberger probably has one of the worst um, uh, uh, completion rates, and I think some of the worst stats from a quarterback in a in Super Bowl history, I believe. So I mean, and at that time, Ben Roethlisberger once again. We knew he was going to be a great quarterback, but that was the Buses team. That was Jerome Bettis' team, and they pretty much got on the Buses' back, or got got on the bus, and he led them to victory. So I don't, I, I, I can't sit there and say that Garoppolo is just like a Trent Dilfer. If anything, he might be almost like a Big Ben right now in the same yeah, point of their careers. Yeah, but I, I think that's kind of looking at that difference is that for us, like Jerome Bettis was like the established running back. He had been doing that grind for, you know, a good long while. Like, Raheem Mostert is, you know, part of this A-team where it's just a 
I mean, you know, probably disrespectful to say A-team, but they're a bunch of ragtag, bunch of guys that came together to fit this team. Like, most are 17, didn't have a snap. All of a sudden, boom, San Francisco gets a break with Tevin Coleman, who was another ragtag guy that they brought in. And it's like, boom, now he's, you know, this, I don't want to say star running back, but he's a serviceable two, you know, part of the three-headed monster. The wide receiver, ragtag bunch of guys. I mean, George Kittle was, a, like, he didn't even get that many touches at Iowa, and they throw out, you know, four tight ends every year in the draft. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just, it just seems like it, they are more of a scheme system offense. And it, it goes to Kyle Shannon's credit. Like, he put up this system, he put this scheme together, similar to, a little bit similar to how in Atlanta, even though in Atlanta, you know, Matt Ryan had the ability to throw the ball. I just, I just think that when it comes to the Super Bowl, if you need a game-winning drive, is it going to be you're just running the ball, you know, 20, 30, 40 times? Or do you actually trust Jimmy Garoppolo with the ball in his hands? Because so, you know they're going to double, triple team George Kittle. Like, we know this is fact. So who are you going to throw it to? I mean, outside of fantasy nerds and, like, football analysts, like, who else, like, can you name a wide receiver for the San Francisco 49 other than oh, who it, they traded for? Is it is it about the name game or is it about just production? I mean, it seemed like to me you're kind of going on the name game. Well, I say that because kind of when you think of the names, those are the stars, those are the marquee players that you know can you can rely on. Because we haven't really seen so much of the passing game from San Francisco outside of throwing to George Kittle, like I don't know which of those receivers can you rely as a solid option. So like taking the Patriots, we know Julian Edelman would get fifteen yard you know, fifteen catches for hundred and fifty yards and whatever Super Bowl he's in. Because he's that reliable. I don't know if a born or a Sanu can get that. I mean, maybe Emmanuel Sanders, but you brought him in and he's had his ups and downs injury concerns and he's had a little bit of flexibility. So for me, I'm looking at, okay, who can you rely as a number, solid number two receiving option behind George Kittle, knowing that everyone in the league knows you're going to kill first read because he's done that all season. That's my biggest concern in terms of the top. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Like I said, I think it'll be a, a pretty interesting Super Bowl. I thought the fact that, the let's be honest, San Francisco's 49ers defense is, is pretty damn good, and they pretty much punched Green Bay in the mouth in the first half. And this game will be very explosive. I like Patrick Mahomes. Um, I just get a little nervous a lot of times when a great defense against a great offense in the Super Bowl, I'm going with the defense with two weeks of preparation. And that was shown last year with the Patriots. Now, I understand that um, Bill Belichick is pretty much a coaching guy to a lot of people. But probably historically, if you've looked over the Super Bowls, the teams that have had the better defenses, almost like the 85 Bears or so, that have had an opportunity to actually – you know, get preparation for uh, an offense like that, usually uh, the defense wins on that one. So, I mean, like like what yeah. I'm watching right now, the 49ers defensive coordinator, Robert Slay, 
is saying that the Chiefs have an Olympic relay team. They do have the speed. They do have a lot of things, and they very are very dynamic, and they do have um, Patrick Mahomes. It's kind of crazy if, if Kareem Hunt wouldn't have maybe messed up. He could have been on this team as well, and that would have been really a good dynamic. So it's going to be interesting to see who steps up. Uh, hopefully it's it's, it's going to be a good Super Bowl. It, on paper, it looks like it's going to be a good Super Bowl. But then again, last year people thought it was going to be a pretty decent Super Bowl and it ended up being somewhat of a dud. Yeah, and, and I think we'll hear a lot over the next two weeks, and we've heard it so far this week, is that the one thing that the San Francisco 49ers defense has really struggled with is that scrambling quarterback, thinking about their two matchups with Seattle and how Russell Wilson gave them trouble. And so... That's my only kind of concern as I'm kind of previewing this matchup in preparation for my prediction next week is knowing that they struggled with Russell Wilson in terms of his kind of maneuverability and his improvisation. Patrick Mahomes is younger, more shiftier, and does a lot more crazy bleep than Russell Wilson does. And so could that be... And, again, I don't even know if Seattle has, like, as many track stars as Kansas City. So can that defense keep up with that speed? And, well, that and including the fact that Patrick Mahomes can scramble at any point and he can get you, you know, 10 to 15 yards if need be. So just it's going to be interesting. The speed of Kansas City's entire offensive unit, Patrick Mahomes included first, is not just the pass rush, but that secondary. I mean, we heard Richard Sherman talk trash to Darrell Revis earlier this week. But yeah. when it comes time to the Super Bowl, big game situation, well, that's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I, I hope. Well, between me and you, I hope it is going to be fun to watch with with, the, with these two teams. Uh, I don't really make predictions anymore. That's the thing I said in 2020. I just. I'm not in the prediction game. I just hope there's a great game. It may be a good storyline. I mean, that's what you basically in the business for. Um, I, I was disappointed though that the Green Bay San Francisco game wasn't a little closer. I, it, it, I wouldn't. I didn't really care who was going to win because obviously my team wasn't in it. But it would have been nice if there was more of a competitive balance. But then again, San Francisco pretty much played smash mouth football, which we've mentioned before happens later in the season even though it was better weather now I thought Tennessee I mean the game Patrick Holmes did really well in the cold because we talked about this in our group uh chat that you know you got to have that good running game and I thought Henry would probably eat up the clock ball control keep Mahomes off the field but he did have his magic but now looking at these two teams who do you think has the edge not saying that you're giving a prediction who's going to win the game but who could have the competitive edge I think overall, I'm going to I'm going to give the slight edge to Kansas City just because even if we say the offense kind of wash, or Kansas City's offense wash with the San Francisco defense, which I think a lot of people will say, then it goes to Kansas City defense, San Francisco offense. I think Kansas City's defense has enough to neutralize that offense and, and really force Jimmy G to beat them. And so as we saw a little bit with that Tennessee game. That's San Francisco can run, run, run the football, but when it came time for, you know, Ryan Tannehill to do something, eh, really didn't do that much. So I expect a similar kind of game plan and defensive scheming from 
of Kansas City in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo. And so my edge, and, and the fact that I just still don't trust Jimmy G, even though he's going to get all the credit because the quarterback always gets the credit. Well, the thing about it, he got discredited. Even though they got the win, they said, well, he only passed eight times. Well, they didn't, that's all they needed him to do to get the win. I mean... Remember, Kyle Shanahan remembers that meltdown against the Patriots. He's going to stick to what is helping him win the game. He's not going to try to do all these trick plays. It's not going to be, well, we were running the ball really well in the first half, so now we're going to switch it up and surprise him with the passing game. No, stick to what's winning until they stop it. Obviously, the Packers couldn't stop it, the run game, and what they were doing with their smash-mouth defense, and they ended up winning the game. So, I mean, even if they do win the Super Bowl and Garoppolo steps up and he gets all the credit, I really don't care. But that's the that, that's the main thing is what I liked about the San Francisco game to me personally was that they actually went with their game plan, stuck with it, and they won. And if that was with basically uh, Garoppolo only throwing eight times, that's what it is. I mean, there's going to be a game where he's going to have a big game, so you give the credit where the credit's due. I just think that sometimes – they try to make it too much of a quarterback battle. Like the whole storyline was where Rodgers was going to make the 49ers regret that they didn't draft him. Well, that was 16 years ago. I mean, come on. He's on on and won a Super Bowl. The 49ers have gotten to the Super Bowl. But in those 16 years, how many times has San Francisco been really competitive in the NFC? Not much. So yeah. and, and with that, that thing being said, if Garoppolo has a great game, the San Francisco 49ers as a team won it. It's not going to just be Garoppolo, all right? I mean, that is what it is. Whatever the game plan is, if they stick to it and they should, if they can win, they can win. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm fully expecting a, a good competitive matchup. Again, Kyle Shanahan remembers the 28-3 to memes, even though he doesn't like to talk about kind of just the way that his offense just pooped a hammer. Okay, so he's going to have that ability. And then on the other side, Andy Reid. We spent the, his, pretty much his entire career just, can hey. He win the, can he win the big game? I mean, the last time, obviously, the last time he got to the Super Bowl was in 04, I believe, when the uh, Eagles and the Patriots played, and the, the Patriots won the Super Bowl. And he got to countless NFC Championship games and loss. He got to the AFC Championship game last season, and he ended up losing. So, you know... That's gonna. That's. I think this is gonna be the battle of the teams, but I think this is more of the battle of the minds. Who's gonna come up with the great game plan? Who's gonna execute? The players gotta execute it, obviously. But you know, is there gonna be certain things that they can find cracks in the armor of both teams? Because both teams are phenomenal teams to watch. But it'll be interesting to see what the game plan will be, and, and that's what I'm looking at. And it's basically will Kyle Shanahan choke? Or will Andy Reid choke? I mean, it's, it's the it's the choke fest, I guess you could say. Yeah, and and I don't want to say it's going to define Kyle Shanahan's legacy just because you know there's still a lot of people that hold on to that twenty eight to three, but it, it won't look good for well, him, kind of with yeah. the his offensive mind if they well, struggle, and then for Andy Reid, it's basically come on, man. Basically, what what happened with that was you were winning the game and you got away from the game plan because. Let's be honest. Guys overthink things. I mean, let, let's face it. Don't almost head coaches overthink things? Absolutely. And yeah, it, it's going to be definitely. I'm, 
I really hope that this is a really good Super Bowl and it lives up to the hype and expectations. Just because high-powered offense, high-powered defense. Yeah, I hope so too. No, no, no duds. <laughs> That's all I wish for the Super Bowl. Is 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 that you know there's there's just stuff where you want it to be a good Super Bowl because it's the it's the big event the last football game and last season even though it was a defensive battle some people might have liked it the Super Bowl before that with the Eagles and Patriots was a great Super Bowl I man you get to sit there and watch it and I'm not really into the commercials I mean I don't know about you but I watch the game for the game I'm not worried about what commercials are going on I, it just, to me, I think the commercials are corny. Yeah, it's part of the sideshow. Also, I'm not into the halftime show. Now, I understand uh, nowadays it's all about, you know, um, corporations now and, 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 and all the other extra hoopla in the Super Bowl. I, I, and that's the one thing I don't like about it now is that it's more or less about, especially because you're trying to get the casual fan and making the money. It's all about the commercials and the halftime show. And it's like, I just want to see a really good game. And, and speaking of which, think about it. Eli Manning just retired. He was probably in one of the better Super Bowls where uh, basically uh, he ended up beating uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots when they had that basically undefeated season. That was a pre- I thought that was a pretty good Super Bowl, especially with David Tyree making that catch. Yeah, and, and I think the NFL would love to have kind of a solid Impactful Super Bowl game again. Thinking about kind of comparing to last year, I like it because I'm you know, played defense when I played. You know, I like the defensive. I like the scrappy because you know brought back a little bit of the reminiscence of where you had to like really fight to get every yard. But yeah, I think kind of the setting, Miami, the flair, South Beach. You want a little spice to the game. You want a little bit of action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a long week, but still fun for Green Bay fans, I guess, you know, start thinking about it again here. If you're a Tennessee fan, I guess try to re-sign everybody since Derrick Henry's in the last little bit of his deal. Ryan Tannehill, you brought him in. Is he going to come back as a free agent? Do you give him money? Or, but a lot of questions for the losers, but only two teams left. Yeah, that that is, that is totally true, and like I said, hopefully it'll be a a, a, a pretty good uh, Super Bowl. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be a pretty good Super Bowl, but we'll see in about another week or so. Are you ready for the Pro Bowl? Like, uh, I mean, I watch it just because you know it's football, but some of the schools challenge is like okay, like. Eh, like I feel like they could do something better. We, you know, this is our annual discussion about the Pro Bowl. Like I don't know what they can do. I mean, because you really don't want these players to get hurt. You got a lot of people dropping because of injury, and so like at, at this point, I don't know what the Pro Bowl can be other than just kind of you know just outdoor games, relay races, dodgeball. Yeah. Hmm. I mean. And people hate it. I understand that. And it sucks because it used to be a pretty decent game back in the day. But also the NHL All-Star game, I believe, is this weekend as well. But the but the Pro Bowl, I think they might need to abolish it and just name an all-pro team and keep it like that. Um, because really nobody really 
likes to go. There's always the reserve of the reserves or the alternate of the alternates because obviously if the two teams get to the Super Bowl and then other guys just don't want to get hurt. And once again, it goes from playing the game and having the pride to obviously guys have multi-year, multi-million dollar contracts that they want to make. And plus, especially in football, if you get injured, that's the end of you. There's no really guaranteed contract. So I totally understand that. But you're right. The, the Pro Bowl, I think, is it served its time, and, and to be honest with you, I still think the best all-star weekend is basketball because that's the only one really people pay attention to, even though some people don't like the game and think that it's um, no defense. They still like the skills event, and it's still people at least watch a little bit just to see the best guys go at each other and maybe see some tricks or moves or something going on. But any of that, though, the, 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 the Pro Bowl, I think, uh, it's just not the same anymore. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't want to say lost his luster, but yeah, unless you're one of the young guys or but the newer guys and yeah, getting to the Pro Bowl, you know, on your first PO, that's a big deal. But if you're a veteran, you're just like, eh. yeah, and, I can and, just go to Hawaii whenever. Right, exactly. And a lot of those guys want to make it a vacation anyway. Um, but anyway, that's what's going on in it. with that. So we're going to take, what, a commercial break and then talk a little NBA. Is it crazy that Basically, after next Sunday, um, football's over. College and uh, pro football, and we go right into the NBA season, where you'll have well, NBA I mean, games on Sunday you, and then Saturday night primetime. Well, unless you're a junkie, and then, you know, there's the XFL. But uh, outside of football junkies like me, there's still a little bit of football left, but yeah. For the rest of the country, it's NBA primetime. LeBron gets his TV, and this time he's back. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, LeBron's been looking good, but we'll talk about that and more when we talk a little bit of NBA after this. You can talk about the XFL. You also could probably talk about the draft combine. You know, NFL, they're, they're a hype machine. They know how to keep in the news uh, 12 months out of the year. But anyway, we'll take a quick commercial break. You're listening to 88.3 WTs after further review with myself, Derek Lawson, and David, the man of God, Harris. Coming up next, we go from talking football to some of the round ball in the hard court on the NBA. The ABC's got the most explosive show. 